0: Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome back to Hacker Public Radio, How I Found Linux, Episode
2: 3. Enjoy. Well, hello there. My name is AJ. I am from the uh, Linux Geekdom podcast over at linuxgeekdom.com. And this is my segment on how I got introduced to Linux. Um, I was first introduced to Linux um, actually by my co-host, Brian. And... It all started when I moved out to the area I'm currently living in now, back in the summer of 2005, Um, I believe it was in probably October, November, late fall, early winter-ish type time, here in New York at least, and I I had just gotten a computer from him that was um, very reasonably priced, it was his father's old computer. And his father had a new computer, and I was like, I really wanted a computer and really needed one. And so Brian was like, Hey, I got this one, the Al Salty of cheap, and it was like a hundred bucks straight up. And it had three six to five twelve RAM, regular DDR, um, ran off in Nvidia uh, fifty two hundred. Um, graphics card with 128 megabytes of RAM. It had an AMD Athlon X some odd processor that ran at about 2.1 gigahertz, single core. So, I mean, anything special? No, not by today's standards. Not even close. It was very, very obsolete. Uh, when we got it, it still had t- all its father's stuff on it, and it ran 2,000 professionally, to give you an idea of how old it was. But It worked. And um, at first, I had never used Linux or even really heard of Linux. The whole concept of open source, everything like that, was totally foreign to me. But I've always been one who's been willing, hey, let's give it a shot, see, you know. Well, why not? I'll, I'll try it. And so, as a result, he... Uh, just said, hey, let's load Linux on here. I mean, I wanted... He'd mentioned we could dual boot, and then he wiped it and put Linux on it. Before he's like, "Oh, I have this XP disk. We could have updated it." And I was ready to kill him, because it to- basically wiped out any gaming chances I had. But oh well, uh, which is which. I am now running a computer which has which is dual booting and is marvelous, much much better. Uh, four gigs of RAM and DDR2, uh, dual core AMD processor. Which each core runs at about 2.8, 2.9 gigahertz. Uh, uh, NVIDIA 9600 uh, GT, I believe, with a little Giga RAM built in. I mean, so much better computer now. But anyway, so he wiped it and put Linux on it, and I started off on Ubuntu. Uh, oh, my God, how did I forget? Gussie Gibbon. Yeah, there we go. Uh, 7.10. I'm currently running uh, Intrepid Ibex 8.10. And it was it was just... I fell in love with it. Um, many people go into Linux thinking, oh, this is totally foreign look. I mean, they get used to Windows with the bar on the bottom and all that. But um, me, it was... I was just... I had always kind of had an interest in computers, but had never had a real way to get involved with it. So as a result, I had never really been able to feed that interest and really get going. But when I met Brian, when I moved out to this area, um, it was he was kind of the fuel that fed the fire. I was kind of a smoldering ember and... He really fed that fire and got me going. And But like I said, when I got started on Linux, I loved it. Um, I loved the idea of not having to pay for anything. That was the thing. Um, when your only source of income is mowing lawns and snow blowing and maybe very, very, very uh, irregular gifts from families or th- family things like that, you're working on a limited budget, free. Totally free. Freezing beer, freezing speech. All meanings of the word. Sounds pretty good in that kind of instance. So, I really uh, love the idea. Snatched it right up. And I've been running it ever since. I've always run it for, oh, let's see, going on three and a half years now. Um, And uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to the Going Linux guys. um, Because they are also people who helped get me going. Uh, So when I moved to Linux, I spent the first couple of years, or I'd have to say at least the first six months to a year, without any internet, which made it very, very difficult, because I couldn't even do some of the most basic things, because I couldn't play MP3s, because it didn't have the format. Things like the OGG file, or anything like that, were totally foreign to me. Um... I was still very much in a Windows-type mindset as far as formats went. So it was always trying to get Debian files that I could install, that I could put on my flash drive, and that just was absolute nightmare. But once I did get Internet, it just opened up the world, and it was like, holy cow, that is amazing. And I've just loved it ever since, and... So that's basically how I got started on Linux, and I've used it and eventually through different means I just kept learning more and more. I'm still learning. So anyone who out there who might think you've got a great tip or anything, email uh, me at going or at uh, LinuxGeekDum, excuse me, at AJ at linuxgeekdom.com. That's geekDum as in G E E K D-O-M, like kingdom, but geekdom, and email me and listen to my podcast. I mean, it's a pretty simple, straightforward type podcast. Uh, We joke around a lot on there. Um, I'm 16. Brian's, I, I believe, 18. I'm 16 and a half. He's probably about 18 and a half. So, I mean, we're not old, but we try to bring a newer, fresher perspective to it, and we don't have a ton of experience, but hey, that's why we're here We're here to teach you what we know, but also learn from you what we don't. So, anyway, that's how I got started on Linux, and if you haven't yet at least given Linux a try, I would definitely recommend, and I would definitely go with Ubuntu. It's so user-friendly, the community is wonderful, so... Give it a shot and see how you like it. And if you if you like it, stick with it because it is definitely worth it. Well, anyway, uh, I believe Monsterb was the one who is putting this all together. So thanks for having me on the show. And I hope I can contribute uh, in maybe later episodes. And, hey, anybody just drop me a line and I'll be happy to do my share with whatever. So here's AJ signing off. Talk to you later.
1: Hello again ladies and gentlemen and everyone else. This is 3.30 and uh, Monster B wanted me to record a little bit about how I got into Linux. Well, my buddy got me into Linux. He, uh, because he had to leave school due to some medical stuff, his mom bought him the Red Hat 7 Bible and a 286 laptop and figured it would take him the entire semester to get it up and running. Well, seven pots of coffee and 24 hours later He's got it running. He shows me. It's console only because it was on a you know old crappy 286 with a serial uh, CD-ROM drive. So I wasn't impressed, but I, I had heard the word Linux. A couple of years later, I get a laptop. And uh, it was one of those. My mom had bought it off of somebody and thought she was buying more than she did. Um, couldn't get it to work and basically told me, look, if you can get it to do something, you can have it. Well, I got it to work, and it had Windows 98 on it, and I was messing around trying to get it to play more than one MP3 at a time. Uh, Windows Media Player, for some reason, just would not make a playlist. So I, you know, not really thinking about it or anything, I installed um, College Linux, which is a... A uh, Slackware variant, and I think the only reason I installed it was because I was a freshman in college and thought that it was going to help me with my being a college student. Now, you know, now thinking about it, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it did then. So I went ahead and installed it. Um, it being Slackware, I had to set up a whole bunch of stuff myself, which. Yeah, know, being new to all this wasn't very easy. I learned how to mount CDs and things like that. Um, had a real fun time with CF Disk for some reason. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, um, I got it all installed and everything. And then started playing with, you know, live CDs and everything else. And <coughs> about four years later, I, uh in a a reinstall of Windows XP, which I had done several several times, found out that uh, my key was no longer valid because I had installed it on... I I had installed it at that point about 80 times on about 15 computers. So, um, yeah, my key was no longer valid, and I was to call Microsoft to buy a new key, to which I had a long string of expletives, and decided to just run Linux. So, I've been completely Windows free for about five or six years now, and I've become the free software zealot that you all know and love today.
3: Hey everybody, this is Nathan from the ProductiveLinux.com blog and podcast, and I'm here talking about how I first got into Linux. Well, basically, uh, it was 2003, and I was in college, and... Um just getting really tired of all the the Windows headaches. I was getting viruses and pop-ups and, and uh, all, all kind of trouble. And every time it seemed like I would try to fix something, something else would happen. And I was just getting so frustrated uh, with the whole Windows experience that I was seriously considering buying a Mac, but I didn't have any money. Um, so naturally, I started looking at free alternatives, and they're just... Aren't uh, very many free operating systems out there except for Linux, and um, of course, uh, you know, there, there's BSD and stuff like that, uh, but at, at that time I didn't know about any of it. I had, I had heard a little bit about Linux, so I started doing some research, and um, there it was, and uh, I downloaded Red Hat 9, I installed it on my computer. Uh, Not all of the hardware was supported out of the box Had a lot of trouble with sound Uh, Had a lot of trouble with printing, that kind of stuff Uh, But, you know, I kind of stuck with it I I dual booted for for a couple years And, uh, you know, just started learning as much as I could about Linux And, uh, you know, kept on with it And then uh, you know, I was really enjoying myself, but I always dual-booted for, for quite some time. And then uh, finally, you know, the, the Linux kernel had, had come far enough to where it, it's basically supported all of my hardware. And so I was able to actually do a Puppy Linux full-time, um, which is uh, a, a really great distribution because I had a really old Dell laptop that I was using, and it just worked Really well, and, and um, that was a lot of fun. And I did a lot of uh, cool stuff with Puppy Linux. But as I got more and more into music and into my um, what would eventually become my career path as a, as a composer and uh, as a career musician uh, I needed a little bit uh, more power and a little bit more package diversity uh, in order to do the kind of music production and, and stuff like that that I wanted to do and basically I wasn't really uh, willing to spend all of the time needed to, to compile all that stuff for Puppy Linux so I decided to jump on the Ubuntu bandwagon because I had tried Debian um, before and I knew that there are just a lot of packages and that it was a, a you know a solid system and I knew Ubuntu was based on Debian so you know I decided to Give it a shot, and uh, I've basically been using Ubuntu as my primary distribution ever since. And I guess that was in 2007 uh, when I when I finally uh, jumped over to Ubuntu, and um, you know it's still going strong. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, one thing I love about Linux is that um, I'm able to do all kinds of stuff uh, in my field as a musician. Um, at a much lower cost than I would if I was a Windows user Uh, of course the downside is some industry standard software doesn't uh, run that great on on Linux but uh, right now I've been pretty blessed because I haven't had to use very much of that and I've been able to to do uh, almost all of my graduate work in music with uh, free and open software so that's been great and uh, so I'm super appreciative to, um, all the opportunities that have been afforded to be, to me by Linux. And, uh, you know, I liked it so much that I actually started a blog called ProductiveLinux.com and, uh, I like to post there about, uh, just different cool stuff that I find that helps me get stuff done on Linux. And, um, yeah, I guess that's out. Uh, I guess that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, pretty much just a regular dude and I, I like computers and, uh, was able to get into Linux and I, I sure am glad that I did it's such a great operating system. All right, well, thanks for listening. Take care.
4: Hello, this is Verbal from Chicago, and I first started using Linux in 1991, and I found out about it from an article in PC World magazine. The um, article was written by John C. Dvorak, and um, it was actually he was actually talking about a version of Yggdrasil Linux, which was a live CD way back in nineteen ninety one, and I didn't continue to to use Linux. I stopped maybe for about three or four years because back then I was using that other OS. But after those uh, four years, I went back to Linux and um, I started using Slackware. I think it was version three, and I've used you know a lot of other distros like. Um, Let's see, there was FreeBSD I used for a while, and my first version of Red Hat was uh, version 5.1. So uh, that's how I began using Linux. Take care.
0: Hi, I'm Charles Olson from Mintcast, the podcast by the Linux Mint community for all users of Linux. You can find the podcast at mintcast.org. This is how I found Linux. At the time, I had been using Windows and was mostly happy with it, but a friend of mine kept pushing me to try Linux. He kept telling me it was better, it's faster, it's free, and finally he gave me a Linux CD, so I partitioned my PC for dual boot and installed Linux, but it really didn't go well at all. I kept running into problems, and if I needed to get something done, I would just I would have to reboot and go into Windows. But I slowly made progress with a lot of help from Google, and I finally reached a point where I decided that if I could make the printer work, I could make a serious effort to switch to Linux. At that time, I had a Canon 3-in-1 printer. It was a printer, scanner, and copier. I went to Google and did a lot of searching and finally found a driver that said it mostly worked for that printer. I downloaded the file, extracted it, and read the instructions, but I, I didn't understand a word of it. The instructions were written in what I like to call Linux tongue, very heavy on Linux jargon. So I sent the file to the friend who had pushed me to try Linux, and I asked, what do I do with this? He wrote back and said, read the instructions. Now, to be fair, I had not told him that I'd already read the instructions, but I still found his RTFM answer to be very discouraging. I felt like this was everything I needed to know about Linux in one lesson. One, it doesn't work, and two, I'm on my own. So I booted back into Windows, and I did not boot Linux again for at least 10 months, maybe a year. But two things happened that persuaded me to give Linux another go. One, Ubuntu happened. My friend told me about Ubuntu. I went to the Ubuntu homepage and read about how it's designed to be easy and it should just work. That sounded like exactly what I was looking for. But the other thing, more important thing that happened that persuaded me to try Linux again, Vista happened. I had been reading articles about Vista and uh, how it had significant increase in hardware requirements and also read about the Digital Rights Management, or DRM. If Vista wasn't sure if you should do something, Vista would just disable it or degrade it. For example, CDs and DVDs that played fine in Linux or even in XP might not play at all in Windows Vista. So I tried Linux again. I liked KDE better, so I installed Kubuntu and started trying to switch over. I had already been using OpenOffice, Firefox, and Thunderbird in Windows, so those were an easy transition. And once again I reached the point where I considered the printer to be my milestone. At this time I had an HP LaserJet 2605DN printer. It was a color and duplex, very nice little printer. And I didn't realize at that time that HP had Linux drivers for their printers on their website. I could have just gone and downloaded it. I went to Google and spent a lot of time searching. I was having trouble finding it. But I finally found a post in a forum where someone basically said, just plug it in. So I tried that, plugged it in to the USB port, and a window popped up that basically said, hey, I found a PostScript printer. You want me to set it up for you? So I clicked yes, and about a minute later, the printer was set up. No CD, didn't have to go download anything, it just set it right up. Color worked, duplex worked, the printer was working flawlessly. So at that point, thanks to Microsoft and Windows Vista, I was now a Linux user.
5: Hello, uh, I am Jeremy. And I'm JD. And we're the host of the DistroCast podcast, which... I could only describe as a bizarre mashup of the now defunct um, Source Trunk podcast, mixed with heavy doses of 4chan and profanity and general social inacceptability.
6: Pretty much. You might know us by our former name, Sourcecast.
5: Yes. I first found Linux on DARPAnet when I was talking to Linus over my private fiber drop over the Atlantic in 1994 It held from New York City to Helsinki, Finland. Okay, or I could have gotten a new computer that was preloaded with Windows Millennium Edition, and to prevent me from destroying it in a flaming pile of rubble, I had to do something, anything, to get rid of the most... I could only call Windows ME and the operating system abortion. You got a better term for it? It wasn't
6: that bad.
5: (laughs) But anyway, um, and so I asked my friends at the time, you know, hey, there's got to be something else. And everybody was like, well, you can use a Mac. And (laughs) I'm like, no. No. Um, and somebody finally pointed me to um, Mandrake, and at the time it was like Mandrake 7.0, 7.1. It was late kernel 2.4 or so, and uh, I loaded up on my machine, and almost everything worked. I had some problems with my Audigy sound card, a few other things, but I slowly progressed. I stuck with Mandrake up until around 10.0, and then I got a TV tuner card. Um, with the hopes of setting up MythTV, at which point I found out that really is a painful thing to do in Mandrake and Ubuntu and a whole score of distros, really. And at that point, I went to Gen 2 for over a year. Um, I still use Gen 2 on some of my production Come Get Some servers, but, uh, then I met this, uh, this flaming asshole, I mean, uh, my co-host JD, who pointed me towards Arch Linux, and I have been using that exclusively on all my non-server machines ever since. And it suits my needs well. I sort of describe it as Gen 2 with 90% of the benefits, without 90% of the hassles and general pain. Pretty and much. that's pretty much my condensed Linux story. And so now I will turn it over to my flaming... I mean co-host. Yes. Wait.
6: Uh, I first got started in Linux around 1999. In 1999, I was big with experimenting. You know, I was taking apart programs. I was coding a little bit on Windows. And, you know, being on IRC or wherever the hell I found out at the time... Um I, somebody mentioned to me Linux, so I decided to try it out. Um, My friend actually burnt me a copy of, roughly, Red Hat 6.0, SuSE 6.0, I think, and I played with them, I installed them, and simply put, I absolutely hated them, because at that time, I was a complete noob, and the internet was... Well, perhaps not the internet so much, but um, everything was like, use Vim, it's so amazing. Or perhaps VI at that time. You know, mm-hmm. use Emacs, use, you know, this was the time of GNOME 1 and all this stuff. And it was just so horrible. Um, and then I found Man as well, and that was a little bit more enjoyable because... Back in the day, Mandriva had a GUI control center for everything. And after that, I gave up for a couple of years until I found Debian. And, you know, when I found it, it was the early days of Apt. And it was just great. And I, I've been pretty much using Debian ever since probably 2002. And, you know... Currently, I use Debian, I use Gen2, I use Arch, I use the BSDs. I use, if it's a distro, I've used it. And that's pretty much the simple version of my history with Linux.
5: And See? There we go. We, we How easy was that to record for Hacker Public Radio? I mean, how hard could it be? Don't say that! To listen to JD and I review distros on a regular basis, from the big ones like Ubuntu to the little ones you've probably never heard of, visit our website at distrocast.org. Who knows, we may even say something factual and worthwhile in between the profanity and laughter.
1: Alright, episode three. It's been pretty cool. Um I hope there's an episode four, but I need some more audio clips. Ah uh, just record one? Send it to Monster B. At linuxcranks.info. Check the show notes for more information. And it's been fun. And thanks for listening to
0: Hacker Public Radio.
1: This is Monster B signing off. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net, so head on over to Caro.net for all your hosting needs.